0: This episode of The Gavel and the Gabble is brought to you by Audible. Audible is a monthly subscription service that gives you access to the world's largest selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers and brand new releases.
1: Audible are offering our listeners to this podcast one free audiobook of your choice. It's yours to keep, even if you cancel. That's not all, Simon, because with the 30-day
0: free trial, you can enjoy unlimited listening to the Plus Catalogue which has thousands
1: of Audible originals, podcasts, and select audiobooks. Now, after your free trial, it's just £7.99 a month. You'll get one audiobook each month and continue to have unlimited access to the Plus catalogue. Thankfully, it works on all mobile
0: devices, renews automatically,
1: and you can cancel easily at any time. To get your free audio book on us, The Gavel in the Gabble, and a 30-day free Audible trial, just click our exclusive link in the episode description. Welcome back to The Gavel and The Gavel. It's me, Harry, from Windsor Auctions, and I'm joined by... It's me, Simon, down in Devon, still rhyming with heaven. And it's beautiful down here, Harry. Absolutely lovely. But I believe that you've been a busy boy with flowers. Do you know what? Have That is exactly what I've been doing. I've been a busy boy with
0: flowers at the Royal Windsor Flower Show. And I can't tell you, this was up in the Great Park there. And what a day. Thousands of people, literally, came to look at show gardens. Uh, There were all sorts of lecture theatres, talks from the plant hub. Uh, There was a children's area, which was hugely uh, little muddy boots were in there. And they were doing all sorts of bits and pieces. There was a circus tent. I I tell you, we had the day of our lives. Um, There was a competition tent, I believe, with uh, something like 1,400, 1,500 entries. Unfortunately, Simon, there were several cake categories in the competition. <laughs> and because we ha. know a few people in the
1: Windsor area, we got a lot of cake. <laughs> right. OK. Now, when you told me you were doing this gig and you bigged it up that you'd be promoting Windsor auctions and Lime Bay auctions, when you told me that this was a great thing for charity and for promotion, you failed to mention the plethora of cakes, I hadn't thought it through. I hadn't thought it through. Really? Listen, you know,
0: joking aside, uh, 2024, uh, they'll be back, um, I'm sure, even larger. So this is a relaunched flower show that's getting better and better and better and better. It was run, organised by committee, but the lady in charge used to run the Chelsea flower show. um, So they're growing this. And um, I'd put the date in your diary for next year. Uh, With luck. We'll get invited <laughs> back, but I'm not sure. Uh, with luck, because we ate all the evidence of our presence. But um, no, we're hoping we go. We're hoping we going back. Um, yeah, it was
1: great fun, and you saved children. Oh yeah, we did. We did. So it, come it, it, on, it pick part- yourself up, Superman. Let's go. <laughs> come on, we're all about <laughs> picking up Uncle Harry.
0: We're not picking ourselves up. There were several people from Windsor, which there. Will Emerald uh, was there. Uh, they were there as well. Um, but we were obviously doing on the announcements. So if children had gone astray uh, within the because it's quite a large area, the showground. So we were four for four on reuniting very upset children with very upset parents in. And I have to say, because people listened to the announcements and immediately found the child who was looking, you know, slightly lonely and a little bit distressed or the parent, whichever way around it was. And it was really, very good. So hats off to all of them. But big shout out. Loads of volunteers behind the scenes running this uh, flower show, and they put on an amazing, an amazing thing.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. So that was my day. Well, done, you. Um, well done, Will and Emma as well, because uh, it sounds like they put in a shift as well. They all, t- you know, they did. Obviously, I always try and take the glory.
0: I always try of to of take course. the glory because I've got the biggest egos we both know. But no, they uh, they were fantastic. It was great. Oh, do you know, I can't sit up. We all sat at the end of the day, saying, "What a lovely, lovely day! Lovely day!
1: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant!" And you sat in the rain in Devon. Yeah, it was raining in Devon. I mean, it's supposed to be a tropical part of the country, but something went wrong. Jesus was crying or something. I don't
0: know. Oh no, let's not go down that route. <laughs> let's keep with flowers. So um, this week, it's a topic of your choosing for discussion, uh, and yes. I am—I'm um, interested. Um, obviously, I'm interested in this. <laughs> I should hope so. No, no, it's—it's it's quite a broad topic, isn't it? But it's re- because it comes at—it's—it's it, it's all encompassing, is what I mean by that. It's a broad topic. So, how to make money out of and with your
1: local auction house? Yeah. So thoughts thoughts are that um two things really um pretty much most towns in England the UK will have a local what's often called a provincial auction house and we all do you know roughly the same sort of things but in most towns you will find your local auction house now marry that with the fact that Everything we read in the news at the moment is doom and gloom. Um, Mortgages are going up. Electricity bills are through the roof. Gas bills are through the roof. Um, Inflation is skyrocketing. Why don't we do a little bit about, if you have an interest, and hopefully uh, the fact that you're listening to The gavel and The Gabble means that you've got some interest in auction houses and antiques, we just want to discuss how actually you can work with and... um, Utilize your local auction house actually as either a little side hustle, add some extra pennies to the coffers each month at your local auction house, or indeed, and we'll go on to this, as some people have done, turn their side hustle or their hobby into a career. And we've seen many, many people do this now. We'll start with the obvious. The obvious is if you've got unwanted items, if you've inherited uh, granny's jewellery and it's sat in a drawer under the stairs, it's in the bottom of a wardrobe, and you're thinking, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know, you know, whether it's good, whether it's costume, whether it's... First thing to say is pop along to your local auction house. Have a chat with the auctioneer because, dear listener... Your auctioneer, Harry will vouch for this, is on your side. Yep. Yeah, as previously discussed in uh, in our previous episode. Absolutely. Now, remember, auction houses work on a percentage. Uh, so we want to get you as much for your un- unwanted items as is possible. Because guess what, dear listener? Our 20% looks far better on 10,000 than it does on 1,000. Now, marry that with somebody rocking up, offering you some cash for the jewellery. They're going to offer you as little as possible to make as much as possible. So therefore, ergo, have a trip to your local auction house. Build a bit of a relationship. I had a lady come to us a couple of months ago with two boxes of what she thought was 100 or £200 worth of possibly silver, possibly silver plate. I can tell you, dear listener, it was all silver and she walked away with a cheque for four and a half thousand pounds. So dig into those cupboards, have a look at those heirlooms, have a look for those items that are surplus to requirement and have a chat with your local friendly auctioneer like Harry. And Simon, he says, he says, so, says so on the script
0: and I'm teasing. Um, no, I think um, we were chatting about this uh, over the last couple of days. We've been out on the road a lot recently, uh, as, is, uh, as have you, Simon. Um, and somebody said to me yesterday, everybody has that box of old jewelry, things that, you know, have ended up at your house almost by chance from inheritance or, you know, they're just things that you don't want. uh, As somebody puts it, and I'm not being negative here about life, previous relationships, something like that. And you've moved on and they're not something you want to think. And you've literally slung them in the back of a drawer and you're not, you don't want to think about it. Um, so that is what that is one of the ways obviously this is the traditional way of um making your pennies out of uh, an auction house and as we were discussing in a previous episode we're creating an open marketplace your provincial auction house I'm not, we're not just talking about our auction houses we're talking about the industry we're creating an open marketplace with lots of people bidding um from all over the uh, all over the world um and you know that is going to get you we would hope, even including the money that we take for our commission, which pays the staff wages and helps, with, you know, funding our expertise and training and all that sort of stuff. Um, you're going to get the best price in the marketplace. So, yeah, so that's traditionally the easiest way uh, of, of getting money from us um, and topping up your uh, coffers.
1: What else, Simon? But then you can move on to we have lots of uh as we call it uh, uh, is it an americanism side hustle don't really like that expression no well it's the it's the, the youth of today the youth of today
0: have definitely picked up on this side hustle and they quite like the idea yeah. of having a career but having something on the side that just tops up pays for the holidays yeah. that sort of stuff
1: yeah now what what our dear listener um, we would like to impart to them is quite often we clear an entire house, the entire contents of a property. Now, that may include stamp albums, coins. It may include artwork and furniture. it, It Well, it includes everything. Now, here's the thing. Our instruction often will come via the solicitors and the solicitors will say, Simon, Harry, clear the house, take everything to auction you possibly can and get it sold for the best price on the day. Just, but, get it sold. We don't want four auctions. We don't really want three auctions. Two auctions would be too, too many get it sold. Therefore, we are the start of the supply chain for new and exciting, I would suggest, but certainly original items coming to market. Now, when you go to the fairs, you'll often see reproduction items that have come from overseas and you'll see them on multiple different stalls. Okay, that's you know that's absolutely fine. But at your local auction house, that is where you are going to pick up Fresh to market, I think is the expression, items that have maybe not been in the market for a hundred years when they were once sold to granny and granny passed it on to, and now that estate, for whatever reason, um, there is no outlet for the items, uh, maybe the inheritors have got a house full of stuff and are not interested. So therefore, you can find original fresh to market items, which you can then sell on privately, perhaps, at a profit. And many, many people do this because they know that our job is to get the best price on the day. But if that best price is £30 and somebody can make £20 out of it, absolutely fantastic. That's about feeding the market, wouldn't you say, Harry? Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I mean, we've got... I mean, we were talking uh, before we started recording. We There's a uh, an antique shop in Eton that's been going for about six months now. Um, and he started as exactly that person. He used to have a job, proper, uh, be a civilian, uh, have a proper job, and he used to buy 1950s, 1960s class. and he collected a bit, and then he realised that he could buy, he he got his eye in, he'd buy it at such and such a price and sell it at a margin, and his side hustle has opened a shop and he's left his job. Fantastic, yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's what he's like. Uh, going back to your point about the people inheriting stuff, what we're seeing at the moment is. Um, And I saw a lady this week who actually said exactly this. She said, my parents died at 95. They're about 95. I am 75 or 70. I think she was. My house has got all my stuff in it. I don't need any of this stuff and people are living longer. And therefore, I would rather it went out in the market. She's got a very green ethos, and lots of people do nowadays, went out in the market. If somebody buys it and makes a little bit of profit, I'm all for that. I haven't, she hadn't got an issue with that. She understood that. We explained that could potentially happen. But it's also getting a second life, and it's getting on there rather than ending up in a skip, which was also her worry. Um, and it was really interesting. She said, look, just get it out into the world, and I'm not worried we put reserves on about three things, but I think we ended up with about 250, 300 items from her house from this house mm. um, and she just her attitude was, yes I'd like, I'd like the money and let's get as much as we can, but I want it to want it to get going Sorry earlier we were talking about how far um, things go and the, the the breadth that selling at auction gives you market wise. Uh, last month um, Windsor auctions, and I know you're the same, but I'm, I've got this in front of me now. We shipped across the UK to Saudi Arabia, New Zealand, Bulgaria, USA, China, Ireland, and Switzerland after our last sale two weeks ago. So that's yeah. the market you are getting by using an auction house, provincial auction houses, etc., to spread the word about your side hustle. Is each uh, so if you use us to sell your side hustle items is also huge.
1: Absolutely. And and here's the thing, and here's the, the next level to that, is um, what we would call, because, because I'm old, adding value, but I think what uh, the younger generation would now call upcycling. If you can now introduce some added value to that item, um, in days gone by, it was things like shabby chic, take a piece of oak furniture and paint it lime green or whatever Annie was suggesting was the right colour at the time. Um, add some value to it and then put it either to a private sale or indeed some people have actually been known to, there's a local upholsterer um, here who was in his retirement, thoroughly enjoyed coming and picking up the odd chaise lawn um, or the odd uh, chair, taking it back, using his upcycling skills, re-upholstering and then putting it back through the auction where invariably he was able to double his money because of the value that he'd added to it. So he was able to, from his local auction house, buy the product that he needed through his own skills and genius, add the value to it and then bring it back to the auction house and make a tidy little profit each month from Three or four chairs, which also kept him very happy. I have
0: an exact. I have exactly the same stat- uh, person. I have a young uh, guy who owns uh, Bill's workshop, and he's young. This fella, and um, he's a blacksmith. Now that is not no. a trade that you would have thought that uh, a young man was going into. Very creative fella. Really nice young man, and um, he buys at auctions, all sorts of auctions, not just ours creates items using his skills up cycles etc your added value and then puts it back in various auctions uh in order yeah. to uh create um money um and keep it and build his business but he's very very um interesting guy Bill's Workshop he's on Instagram I'll give him a free shout out why not he's on Instagram he's got a website uh really nice guy really nice young man uh, yeah, uh, um,
1: yeah, check him out. Check out his stuff. Now, in, in addition, if, uh, if you have a hobby like stamp collecting, like art glass, for example, is another one, like good quality and antique pottery, you can grow your skills at auction by seeing what's coming through every month. And we have plenty of customers who are able to spot, quite frankly, some things that we have not got time to spot and maybe buying a stamp album and having a week to pour through it and then dividing those stamps up and selling them individually with a little bit of a markup, privately or online, they are able, yet again, to add some value by breaking up those collections and maybe cleaning them up a little bit, presenting them differently. And make a little bit of money on that. But that requires um, a really deep working knowledge. So this is where if you've got a deep working knowledge of stamps or art glass or postcards or militaria, utilize that to actually turn your side hustle and monetize it. Make some money out of it. And if, and if you don't have that already, learn it, decide what you're interested in, learn that skill um, and apply it nine times out of 10 at a local auction house. You will find all of these items coming up and you, with a good working knowledge, could be buying, upcycling them, taking them to fairs. But don't go for the standard stuff. Go for something a little more niche. Wouldn't you agree, Harry? I was just, I, do you know
0: what? I was just about to say, sorry, you were on a roll there, so I don't want to jump in. I was just about to say, in my humble opinion, look outside the box for the market you want to specialize in. Don't go down. I would say don't go down the crowded traditional market silver and gold we bang on about it all the time are sort of you know the under uh, underpin many auction houses because we all sell a lot of those sort of things and we love them but there are a lot of buyers in those fields have a look at books with a lot lot of money that's a such a wide and extensive subject that books you know we recently sold it's an amusing story because uh, it's one of those that puts on the uh, wall of shame in the atg Listen to previous podcasts when you want to lo- learn what that's all about. Uh, but the, we sold an Atlas and we put it into auction at 50 to 80 pounds or something like that. Not not a huge amount. And it sold for over £3,000. And when the guy came, nice chap, book dealer. We'd never dealt with him before, but really nice guy. And uh, we said, can you, now you've bid on it and bought it and it was hotly contested. And there was, I think there were eight bidders. It was a timed sale. There were eight bidders bidding for it. He said, oh, it's got some American street plans, town plans in there, which are rare and valuable. And he said, that's why I've bought it. But now I didn't know this because I don't read every single auction catalog. It's probably bad of me, but I just don't have the time. One of our local competitors had exactly the same album coming up for sale four days later. It's unprecedented, never heard of. So this thing is so rare nobody's seen it for ages <laughs> they've got they've got the same one and he said i'm, to, I'm telling you now i'm bidding on that <laughs> to try and get two <laughs> um and wow. so it was very funny and they made very similar money to theirs and congratulations to them uh, but yeah how, how funny was that so yet yeah, nobody'd seen any and then everybody became experts within a week because there was another one coming up of course um so yeah no yeah, books yeah. um i think um are interesting Military is quite a broad, um, broad subject. Furniture, I think um, what we're seeing is that there's, there's not enough young dealers coming up in furniture. Um, I appreciate it's heavy and all the rest of it, but there's, you know, there is a good, there's a good living. And and, and as we're talking about side hustle, side hustle to be made out of quality furniture and spotting the trends and watching the trends and the younger, the younger generation have this advantage over us, I think, Simon, because they're internet, Instagram, mm. social media savvy, savvy, they're watching trends pop up all the time. So they're able to yeah. react much quicker than us who are running. We've got big warehouses full of things coming in all the time. And it's like we're like moving an oil tanker and they're a speedboat. You know, yeah, we're, we're slamming on the anchors and going, hang on a minute, you know, such and such is is dying in fashion wise. But we've still got loads of it coming through the door and we should be, you mm-hmm. know, and we're trying to reduce people's expectations. But they can nip in and get the next thing that's coming up. So yeah, that's, yeah, I absolutely. think I think I think the younger generation are, and because I'm not saying all dealers who are older aren't like that because they've had to react over time. Mm. But I do think if you've got a side hustle. And you're a younger individual and you're willing to put the time in and all the resources out there. I put my voice up then. I don't know why. But all the resources out <laughs> there, the books, the reading, the auction results, the everything is out there. It's all online, um, or local libraries everywhere that you can research this stuff and mug up on various bits and pieces. But I would what well, I was trying to get to after a long diatribe is probably don't stick to the traditional areas. If that's your passion, go for it, and you'll always do well if you work hard. But if you want to break into the industry, you know, follow my blacksmith. You know, I've, I've never met a blacksmith. (laughs) No. And <laughs> I meet this young no, man. Um, um, and he's got a forge in his garden. You know, it's just unreal. He's wow, a, a yeah. lovely young man.
1: We've got some uh, we've got some young buyers and traders and um and, and some of those, I mean it's quite fascinating. So one of the guys, Japanese woodblock prints. And I mean, that is niche, but my word, he has got a fantastic eye for them and he will clean them up afterwards, and they are st- they're quite iconic these days in mm-hmm. you know as interiors pieces and the like but that that's an example of somebody who he's got a passion for all things uh, sort of japanese and that sort of area and then he has filtered that down um distilled that down and he is making a living out of japanese woodblock prints and he said and quite often an auction house will literally they'll put a box of pictures out and there might be only one or two or three or four in there out of the third. I'll throw all the rest away, but he knows what he's looking for now. And because he knows what he's looking for, he will troll around the, troll's the wrong word. He will It's on your
0: mind. It's on
1: your dig mind. Around the- anonymous emails. <laughs> um, he will dig around the local auction houses and regularly uncover these fabulous woodblock prints. And he rescues them and he upcycles them. And he reframes them and they look stunning. So, yeah, whatever your passion is, um, we have another chap. Um, he has his own business, but his side hustle is very much your old tin plate signs. And he loves that. To be, oh, uh, I should have really put this together. He, has, he is a sign maker. Okay. Right. Yeah, so that'll be why. So so he puts up, in fact, all of the Lime Bay auction signs were done by this fabulous chap. Um, but in his spare time he collects and sells old template signs and some of the really rare ones he will travel a good distance for but he knows what he's talking about when it comes to these things and there's a good margin in them there is a good profit in them when and if he wants to sell them
0: We just want to take this opportunity to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, Audible. They're offering listeners to The Gavel and the Gavel, one free audiobook as part of a 30-day free trial through our exclusive link in the show notes.
1: And if you can't choose which free audiobook to get, I recommend, and I know Harry would agree, What Am I Bid by Philip Serrell. That sounds great. If you fancy something
0: different, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, new releases,
1: sci-fi, romances, mysteries, classics and more. Ah, that sounds great. You can get a 30-day free trial, including an Audible audiobook on us that's yours to keep, even if you cancel. Regular price, £7.99 a month. Renews automatically and you can cancel easily at any time. Find the link in the description. Now
0: spinning all of that on its head. So you've got people who specialize in individual things. Um, we talked to him in a previous uh, we do. some and I do talks for various organizations. I did something in Stroud recently and met a number of people um, who said, oh, do you mind if we contact you? Because I had said to them, one of the things you should do, because we were talking about source. where do you source your stuff from? was one of the topics we were discuss- in discussion on that day. And they said, Do you mind take take taking my business card if we contact you about stuff? And I said, Oh, what what you know, what's your what's your jam? What business do you do you have? Or whatever. and I met a lady called Kate Metzner who was is, is setting up a business sourced sourced by Kate Metzner. Um, and she does interior design and finds things for people, you know, puts them into schemes in houses. And so what she has cleverly done and I'm, I'd am i love to say I was the only auctioneer that she chats to, but I'm sure that's not the case. She chats to auctioneers <laughs> and say, have you got, this is the stuff I'm looking for. If you're on a house clearance, could you look out for this? This is what I need for this project. Yeah. Or have you got that coming up? And obviously auction houses, we're trying to, as we've discussed, trying to uh, create the best market. Obviously we'll, Tap them a quick email or a WhatsApp and say, Oh, lot number 32 in the next catalog, it's right up your street, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, we can't guarantee that they're going to win it, but at least they can then take advice from clients or they've got a budget, they know what they can do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was interesting. Um, And another lady Mm. who's prolific um, and specializes in a lot of china and uh, glass sasha wilkins i mean she's she's now got a barn where in the cotswolds that she <laughs> trades out of and she she's brilliant at, at, she talks to loads of auctioneers drives up and down the country picking up things sourcing stuff and selling it on her shop but sourcing stuff for customers as well so that's another uh a side hustle that becomes a job for people is finding clients who you're doing other work mm. for who say oh you know Oh, I like your style, you know. I like your house or whatever. I like your office, and they go, "Oh, I got this from such and such." The next thing, you know, you're they're like, "Can you find me one of those?"
1: And I find that absolutely, fascinating. yeah. We have traders who um, have grown their business to the point that um, they are collating uh, items for, for example, big hotel chains and big pub chains. And, you know, your side hustle can grow into that. Um, one particular chap who we've known many years came to me the other day and he said, I need 400 gilt gold picture frames. I said, OK, right. OK, uh, we'll we'll keep an eye out for those. But, yeah, not interested in the picture. They're all going. It's probably a commission from a pub chain. They they either want to put something in these frames. He said, doesn't matter what size, doesn't matter what condition, gold gilt picture frames, I need as many as you can find. And that's what your local auction house is there yeah. for. Absolutely, I've got, I've got, um, I've got uh, what have I got at the
0: moment? Oh, yes. I, and they're out of fashion at the moment, aren't they? Leather suitcases. Now this is weird. Yes, yes. They don't want the leather suitcase. They just want the front panel with the handle and the locks. So they're really? obviously making some sort of art installation with just all the handles. Yeah. Or some display, I yeah. you know, I say answer the station. Um, some display. And therefore they want four hundred to five hundred leather suitcases. So which is fantastic. Said, oh, could, well, every and we've and their market had died for those. They went through a massive uh, uh about five or six years ago, wasn't it? People were couldn't yeah. couldn't get enough le- enough leather um luggage. But yeah, that so you're absolutely spot on. It's interesting, because it's fascinating. So this guy's just going around buying up leather
1: suitcases. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our guys are literally, they want to buy (laughs) all of the specific chairs. So it's got to have a pop-out pad. It's got to have an H stretcher and then they'll buy them. But again, this is fantastic because this is stopping these items ending up in landfill. So if you've got a side hustle, speak to your local auction house, get them to be keeping an eye out for items that perhaps may not actually make it to auction because we are happy to support local trades and do our bit for upcycling and recycling. Uh, And if everybody can make a couple of quid whilst they're doing it and we're keeping stuff out of landfill, everybody's happy, right?
0: That's the really big, that is one of the big things at the moment. Let's try and keep it out of landfill. Let's try and recycle things rather than going to these huge department stores with incredibly poorly made not long-lasting furnishings i mean you know it's
1: tragic really it's a real shame it really is tragic Um, and every town and i and i circle all the way back to the beginning now pretty much every town will have a local auction house and those local auction houses absolutely should be there to help you and to help push this message And if you've got a creative idea, if you've got a side hustle, if you want to help your family by making an extra few quid because times are tough at the moment, then just pop along to your local auction house, go to the viewing days, go to an auction. You don't have to get a paddle. You don't have to bid for anything. But it might just spark that interest in you that says, oh, those postcards are really fascinating. I'll see who buys them and go and talk to them. You know, World War I postcards or mm. military insignia, the badges, the um, World War medals, which are just stunning, exciting things to research. Whatever it is, if you think you even don't know what your side hustle is at the moment, but you might like to explore finding one. Go to your viewing days at your local auction house, have a mooch, buy a catalogue, go to the sale, see what sells. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will be surprised. You will be surprised at what makes money and surprised at what goes very cheaply. Uh, You will see things fly out the door at huge prices and you'll see a pine dresser get bought for 20 quid and think, why on earth did I pay that for my dresser from that department store because I could have had a really nice one for 30 quid from my local auction house. Go along, introduce yourself, make friends, have a yeah, look because see welcoming what's places. really going on. They are welcoming yeah, places. They are.
0: And and our experience um, from of auction houses across the country is that they're a good bunch. I mean, pretty eccentric in places, the people, yeah. but they want to spread the word. They want They want to help you out. Uh, They want to help educate you. And there's a lot of resource out there. Um, If you are looking for local auction houses, um, I would urge you to go on the saleroom.com, which has a directory uh, of uh, local auction houses, um, or the ATG, the Antiques Trade Gazette, um, that when they're not having a spelling blunder, which upsets Simon, uh, they advertise all of the um,
1: upcoming auctions for that week and that month or whatever in the back. Thank you for poking me there. Yes, we are not Yime Bay Auctions. It's got an L, (laughs) Lime, as in Lime Regis.
0: Yime Bay Auctions. The editor of the uh, ATG is a friend of the pod, so let's be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but yes, so um, I'd I'd advocate that. What what we're saying is there's a lot of resource out there. A lot of people write uh, books about how to do this and all the rest of it, but there is nothing better than actually immersing yourself and traveling around to a couple of antique uh, auctions or auctions or provincial auctions and just sitting in the room, seeing what's what. Um, and you'll find that dealers are an engaging bunch and you may well find that one's chatting to you about what you think you're buying and, you know, point you in the right direction. They're, pr-
1: they're, they're good people to trade. Hmm. And I think what we're saying is, and one of the reasons for starting the pod, is that your local auction house it's not just full of stuff. It's abounding with opportunity. It is full of opportunity. It is, if you are of, and it's not for everyone. Some people might like their nine to five. Hmm. Um, If you want to pursue your hobbies, other interests, a side hustle, there is nowhere better to indulge, to scratch that itch than your local auction house. And we want to get the word out there that for everybody, there is plenty of opportunity at your local auction house. So pop along, introduce yourself, go see what's what.
0: I think Simon, I think that's great. I think that's it. We're advocating auction houses across the UK, um, and you've got to go and see them. Go, go and go meet all the people and have fun doing it. Um, if you want to tell us your uh, stories um, of uh, and your experiences uh, of maybe it's your first ever purchase uh, at auction. Uh, or your first ever trip to an auction, uh, let us know, uh, thegavelandthegabble at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to read out a couple of emails about that, you know, because it's fascinating and it will help people, other people who are looking at um, getting involved or, you know, even if it's just stocking up your own home with decent furniture rather than mass-produced Absolutely. rubbish. Um, you know, that we're advocating that as well. We'd like to hear from you on that. But if you start a side hustle, Uh, please, please, please do get in touch because we'd love to talk to you.
1: And we give you a shout out on the pod. It's a bit of free advertising. We're good at that. Friend of the trade, that's us. We're delighted to say that lots of people are listening to the pod. So thank you. Thank you very much. It means the world to Harry and I. Really appreciate it. It really does. Um, But that said,
0: just so we don't get into it, we haven't mentioned him today yet, producer David. No. Uh, Just so we don't get into trouble with him, please remember to like, subscribe, do write a review, ideally five stars, about our uh, inane um, warbling on uh, this episode. We've obviously been chatting about the industry as a whole, but there's all sorts of topics coming up and in the back catalogue. So go back and listen to some of the interviews and some of the things we've talked about. Obviously, the Ivory Run recently has been uh, sparked a lot of debate. Um, our last episode got some lovely comments on uh, Twitter from the uh, from the trade. Uh, where we took to task a, um, an interesting individual uh, who had sent us an anonymous email, sadly. We wanted to give this guy uh, or girl, we don't know, an opportunity to come on. But uh, one of the traders emailed us, uh, oh, oh, sorry, replied on Twitter and said, that email, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, good response, chaps. Uh, so that's always <laughs> nice that we're uh, heading in the right Lovely. direction. Heading in the right direction. The op- the opportunity for that individual to come on, still out there. Um, it, it's not time compliant. So, Simon, we've got another busy week coming up. Absolutely. I'm out and about doing a lot of houses. Uh, I'm seeing somebody uh, very, very early in the morning. Uh, I'm not good at that. That's not that's not
1: ideal, is it? You're, you're still going to be not in a very cake by Monday.
0: Yeah, I'm like, please don't.
1: <laughs> and I'm still on a sugar <laughs> high from the uh, numbers of cakes I've eaten. <laughs> please like subscribe send us a review tell us your thoughts uh, click five stars keep listening and harry it's been lovely chatting to you have a fabulous week we'll be back again won't we see you soon buddy take care cheers mate